0: Hi, Northern Life Church in Espanola and Little Current. So great to be with you here this morning. My name is Paul Fraser. I work for the Pentecostal Summers of Canada in our national office in the area of church multiplication. I help lead uh, what we call the Multiply Network, which is an internal engine within our movement to help drive church multiplication right across Canada so that we can see new disciple-making communities start everywhere. We believe, uh, and missiologists agree, that the best way to reach people far from God is through church multiplication. And so I get the wonderful privilege of helping lead that. And I'm so grateful for Pastor Jason giving me this opportunity to to jump in with you on your summer series uh, made for this. The scripture, uh, theme scripture is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. And it says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. I want you to know that there are things that God has planned for you. He has a plan for your life. And you are made for those plans. You have a calling and you have a ministry. Maybe you think, well, I'm not in, I don't pastor. I didn't go to Bible college. No, no, no. The Bible says that all of us, every single one of us, have the ministry of reconciliation. We all have the mandate of fulfilling the Great Commission to go and make disciples. And so I want you to know that God has equipped you. He's, he's readied you. He's gifted you. He's called you. And he's going to continue to see that which he has started in you until it's finished in you to see his plans and purposes done in your life. You are made for this. I love that theme for this summer. And so I want to talk with you on how God makes us. How do we get to those things? Because I've noticed in my life that God does a similar process, and as I've heard other people's stories, I hear the same process, and it's from, uh, David seems to have captured it in Psalm 78, which we will get to in a moment. I've entitled the talk this morning, God's Plan in Four Verbs. The future we know can be unsettling with all the uncertainty. Because of that stress, sometimes we wanna take control of it. In fact, we're encouraged to do so by culture, that we're told that you're the one that's controlling your future, but it's a false assumption, isn't it? That the fact that you can control your own future, I think we can only control one thing as it relates to our future, because we're one doctor's appointment away, one accident, one bad friendship, one bad decision, other situations as well that have left us uh, changing the trajectory of our lives and it can happen in a minute, can it? Really then, we only have control over one decision. Who will lead your future, you or God? Because if it's us, the best we can do is only manage or react to what is happening in our lives. But if we give God control of our future and we have our free will to choose, guess what? He knows the beginning and the end. He formed you and I in our mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head, which for me is a quick count. But he knows everything about you, including your future. He knows your passions, gifts, desires. Anything that's private to you is public to him. So why would you want to be in charge? Maybe you have been doing that. Maybe you have been in charge. How's it going? I know whenever I'm in charge, it never goes well. So as I mentioned before, I found this scripture not that long ago. There's four verbs in it that I think when I look back on my journey with God and observe in other leaders, how I think he works his plan and purpose in my life in each season, at least David the psalmist and I and other leaders, uh, maybe it's only us, but I think there's more that God works through these four verbs. And so my encouragement this morning is to show you how I think he works, what he does, and why putting your full trust in him should be the preferred course of action. Because knowing how God works in my life has actually helped build trust uh, in my life with him. So Psalm 78, verses 70 to 72, and it says this. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens, he took David from tending the ewes and the lambs and made him the shepherd of God, shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. So the first thing we see here right at the beginning is he chose his servant David. So God chose David, but guess what? He chooses You. Why? Because you have extreme value to him. I love our scripture, Ephesians 2.10, for you are God's masterpiece. You know, those masterpieces are one of a kind. It's hard to put a monetary value on them because they're so precious and have extreme value. The only way You can decide on how expensive a masterpiece is, is what someone will pay for it. So if I drew a a stick man with, uh, you know, just walking a dog or whatever, and I said, I'm going to sell this and I sell it for $5 million and someone buys it, guess what? It's worth $5 million because that's what paid. I want to remind you what Jesus paid for you. He paid with his life. There is no greater sacrifice. There is no greater price. I want you to know that, that you are God's masterpiece. He chooses you because he absolutely loves you right now as you are. He accepts you right now as you are, are. but he also sees what you're going to become. You're here for a reason. God wanted you here to bring his kingdom, his love, his message during this time in history. I love uh, what Greg Johnson, a preacher from many years ago, and funny, I just met him like three weeks ago. I hadn't seen him for 20 whatever years. And I told him, I said, I remember what you said. The two most important days of your life is the day you were born and the day you find out why. I want you to know there is a big reason why. God has a plan for you. He chose you. You are made for this. The second thing we see in this scripture is God chooses David, but he also calls him from the sheep pens. Now, I want you to understand, being a shepherd in those days, was one of the lowest class occupations you could have. Meaning, if you couldn't do anything else, you failed at every other thing, at least you could be a shepherd because you had to be smarter than the sheep, hopefully. You see, sheep pens were jobs that no one else wanted. Serving in places looked down upon. And so David, even from his father, Jesse, was not held in high regard. He was the youngest So he had to go serve in the sheep pens. And so when Samuel came looking for a king after Saul had got off track, Samuel comes to Jesse's house and says, where's your sons? One of your sons is going to be the king. So he lines them up, but, but Jesse doesn't even bring David to the meet. I don't know if you've ever felt overlooked, unnoticed, Maybe wondering why you are, where you are, feel like you're walking in anonymity. I want you to know. Maybe no other people know, but God sees you and he has a plan and a purpose for you there. And I want you to stir up your amen engine because I think you will agree with this. That God isn't always looking for obvious leaders and aren't you glad because I'm not sure I would have been picked. You see, Saul, the king before David, has head and shoulders above everyone. He had, he had the edge in looks and, and, and physical stature and features and outside appearance. If he was Instagram and social media, he would just be a rock star. He would have great stage ministry. But you know one thing Samuel or uh, Saul didn't have is he never had the sheet pen experience. He just got elevated right away. And his his elevation and his rise to stardom did not have enough character to sustain him. You see, when you're in the sheep pens, you're doing the things that everyone is able to, but very few are willing to. Being faithful with the little. Because how many people know if you're faithful with the little, God will trust you with more. By the way, I still look for sheep pen opportunities because I haven't forgotten. It was those times that grew me the most, even when I think I wasn't growing. So let me ask you a question. Are you willing to serve in the sheet pens? Are you willing to persevere in your work or if you're at school in your studies, in volunteering, putting the time in, working hard when no one is looking, taking the jobs no one else wants to, but because that's the door that God wants you to walk through. And not to be bitter when others less qualified get promotions or other opportunities and you're getting overlooked, being faithful with the little. Sometimes we think we're being punished by God when we serve in the sheep pens. But you need to see, and I hope you see, that God takes you through these seasons of of character growth in doing things that maybe you would not normally do i want you to see your faith journey as a as a marathon and not a sprint because there's things i believe And maybe this is a word for someone. There are things I believe that you need to learn in the sheep pen moments. So when God does promote you, you will have character to steward the responsibility. So you will get that saying at the end of your life. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because faithfulness is fruitfulness. So can you be faithful with a little? You can be trusted with more. If you're faithful with the little, God will trust you with more. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And it was because I embraced those sheep pen moments and got to cultivate integrity and character. You see, David took on sheep first. But then because he was out there, he learned how to fight a bear and a lion. And then later, he took on a giant. Hey, you've got to be faithful to the process. I think he learned some things in solitude and hanging out with God, being alone, that you can't learn in a book, you can't learn in a conference or seminar, but can be only found out by getting alone with God. Sometimes those sheep pen moments are some of the most beautiful moments you will have with God, where he will be your counselor and guide, your healer, your protector, your savior, friend, liberating king, high priest. Young leaders I've seen over the years have wanted opportunities that could advance them, advance them further, faster. But in my world, they've offered to help lead worship or speak and get stage time. And from an out per, outside perspective, they had all the skills and talents and abilities. But trusting my discernment, I didn't always get it right. But sometimes I did saying, hey, you need to serve in other ways first. Stack chairs. Be the last at the youth event to clean up. Those that did, I watched their lives, and guess what? I'm seeing the, what God did in me, He is doing in them, building character in them. I needed to see them in the sheep pens first and watch them build character and see God help them steward the responsibility and weight of leading at a new level. But it took time. The kingdom of God, Jesus describes as like kingdom is a kingdom of God as yeast and mustard seed. It grows slow. But guess what? It grows everywhere. That yeast that gets in the dough, it doesn't just stay in one compartment. It goes throughout the whole, uh, the, the whole batch. But guess what? Those that couldn't wait found other leaders that loved their gifting maybe more than their character There's some that are not even leading in more, some that are not even following Jesus because they became impatient with the call of God on their lives. And I've done it. I've done it. I'm the first to say, I've tried to open doors that weren't my doors to open or walk through doors I shouldn't have. Great opportunities, but were not my opportunities. I had to learn to trust God in the sheep pen seasons. Can you? Will you? That's a big test. And I hope you pass it. So he chose David. He called David. And then the Bible says he took David from tending the ewes and the lambs. Two things quickly here. To take someone somewhere, you need to know where they are. And guess what? I told you this already, but God knows exactly where. Even though you may feel overlooked, God knows where you are and hasn't, forgot, hasn't forgotten about the things that he started in you. The things that he started in you, the Bible tells us he's faithful to complete. He hasn't forgotten. And the second thing, taking speaks of God going with you. To take someone somewhere implies that they go with you, that there's proximity, that there's journeying with. So God calls David from the sheep pens and he takes him. He's not standing off at a distance. He walked with David every step of the way, but David had a responsibility too to not get ahead of God. Can Can I remind you that he wants to take you places you could never go on your own and do things you could have never done on your own. He opens doors only he could open and no one else can close. So we have to keep in step with him. I remember it was many years ago, after a Sunday morning service, uh, I was youth pastoring and with a young family, kids went down for a nap, I was having a nap, wanted to have a nap on the couch, and I'm just kind of watching TV, and it was like ESPN 5, it was just this weird channel, that had ballroom dancing, and I don't know if you've ever seen professional ballroom dancing, but it is incredible, like how in sync and clear, uh, how they just kind of flow together it's like they're floating across the dance floor the guy and the gal and i remember sitting there going why am i watching this the holy spirit says this is what keeping in step with the spirit is like it's supposed to look like they're just one like it's a it's a it's a dance keeping in step with the spirit is like this dance where we where when the holy spirit steps there's a quick step it 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 almost looked it almost was like I didn't know who was leading the dance and but but the announcer said no no the guy always leads the dance and the gal follows so quickly and I think that's what keeping in step with the Spirit is is when the Holy Spirit takes a step, we follow right away. Here's the key quick obedience. Quick obedience. In order for us to keep in step with the Spirit, it's quick obedience. When God speaks, we respond right away. When God asks us to do something, we respond right away. It's a quick response. And so we need to work hard at then listening to the voice of God, listening to the Word of God in prayer, but then listening to godly wisdom from others. And the third thing that David uh, that is mentioned about David, so he chose David, he called David. He's going to take David. And the last one, he's going to make David. He's going to make him the shepherd of God's own people. There uh, There's things that David, like I said, learned in the sheep pen that prepared him for what God had planned for him in the palace. Did you know God is making you right now? You are made for this, but he is also making you for this. It's also a present tense thing, preparing you for something later. And so we have to be faithful with the process. You see, David didn't earn the kingship. It was given to him. And the sooner you and I realize that God is behind the great things we we do, the better off we will be. Because there's no no such thing as a self-made man or woman. God makes us. Which is good news, because then it takes some of the pressure off of us, and that when he starts, he'll finish. So we need to wait for God's promotions. This way, we won't be overconfident in success, or totally defeated in failure. Because guess what? He deserves all the glory and all the credit. As I've said before, this pattern of God choosing me, calling me, taking me, and making me is this circle that seems to repeat. When I get to the making part, there's another choosing that happens. I can think of high school to Bible calls, where God called me to Bible college July 1st, Canada Day, uh, 1993. I know I'm ancient. And I can remember when God chose me and put me through this process again from going through Bible college to ministry and from working at a local church to a Christian school. And God put me through this process again and from a Christian school to district office and from district office to national office. I see it all the time. God is choosing, He's calling, He's taking, and He's making. What an adventure we all get to be on with God. And I've listened to older Christians who... uh, I I remember in my uh, previous job, I got to run a seniors camp uh, every year. And I would almost always just try to hear their stories of faith and hear their stories of what God has done in life and how God has brought them through and over and over and over again. The thing that I hear is God has been faithful, even in a dark moment, even in a difficult time. Guess what? God is faithful. The second thing I hear is they could have never imagined or pictured what God had planned for them. And it was always way more than they can imagine. It's like, that, it's like that thought that uh, he can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we could ever ask or imagine. So, imagine. so think about this. If you can imagine it, it's already too small. And as I got to talk with these seasoned saints that have lived their lives well following God... They say, I could have never imagined. It was always more. Guess what? He has got an incredible plan for your life. And I believe he works through this process. So I'm praying for you today. For courage and strength for the days ahead. But let me ask you a question. Are you up for the courageous adventure with God? And if you are, the courageous thing this morning is to recommit and trust God with your future? Because he made you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. Can you put your trust in him? In fact, if you take that word trust, you can interchange it in the New Testament almost everywhere with the word faith. Can you recommit your faith in God? Can you recommit your trust in God? Because he's choosing you, he's calling you, He's going to take you and he's got I've got great news he's going to make you. So I want to pray for you now for for me now that we would we would commit to that process. Even when we're in those sheep pens moments, we don't feel like anything's happening, but God is at work always. There's no wasted time with him. So let me pray for you uh, as we reflect and think on what maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us individually right now. So God, I thank you for everyone that is watching this. Maybe they're watching it live or maybe at a later date. Whatever it is, God, I believe you're going to speak. I believe right now that some people, excuse me, are in a season of choosing. God, you're putting in their hearts, you're putting in their minds uh, something new and you're, you're choosing them and you're calling them from something into something else. God, I, that takes courage. And I pray for courage for those in that choosing and that calling season that they would say yes. They would say yes, there would be that quick obedience to keep in step with you. And God, as you take them, I pray that they wouldn't get ahead of the process, but they also wouldn't lag behind. For those that are on this journey where you're molding and making them, God, I pray that you would just give them great encouragement. God, for the character and the gifting and the passion and passion and the purpose that you're developing them, I pray God would produce incredible fruitfulness. So I pray for an increased trust. I'm reminded of that hymn, that great hymn with that line, O oh for grace to trust you more. God, I'm praying for that grace right now to fall in living rooms, in, the, in Little Current, in Espanola. I'm praying, God, for that to fall right now, that there would be a grace, a grace to trust you more, even just a little bit more. God, I pray for grace. Give me grace to trust you more into the things you're calling me into. God, I thank you for your word that still speaks today. I thank you for, the, for Pastor Jason and the, and the staff and the team there. I thank you for what you're doing. I pray, God, you bless this church. Bless Northern Life Church in incredible ways. God, I believe the best days are still ahead. And I thank you, God, for the courageous leadership and the courageous people that attend both Espanola and Little Current. I pray, God, that you would bless and that this summer would be a summer of incredible fruitfulness because we believe today, God, you've made us for this. You've made us for this, for this moment, for this time. So we ask us all in Jesus' name, amen. So great to be with you. Uh, Hopefully next time I can be with you in person, but thanks so much for taking the time to listen this morning.